Hello, busy business owner. Are you tired of that overwhelming feeling, the burnout, and constantly chasing after time while you build your business? Trust me, I have been there. And that's what inspired me to create a new group coaching program for service providers who are ready to ditch their complicated, confusing business that just keeps them busy and stressed all day. If you've been hustling for three to five years and you are not seeing the progress or the income that you want, or the time freedom that you dreamed of when you started your business, then Thrive Through Simplicity Group Coaching Program is for you. It is a step-by-step framework to help you create a business that is simple, easy, and free from burnout. Visit chelseanewmeyer.com slash thrive through simplicity to learn more about how you can create a simpler, more fulfilling life and business with 12 months of support. It's time to break free from overwhelm. You've got this, and I'll see you in the program. Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer, and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I am so excited to be welcoming Megan Miller. Megan is an international bestselling author, TEDx speaker, intentional living expert, and host of Attention to Intention podcast. Megan is dedicated to offering high-performing, go-getting professionals simple daily micro steps for putting attention to to intention so they can stop sleepwalking through life and start living with inspiration and fulfillment. We've already started (laughs) chatting. I feel like every time we chat, we should have just record because everything you say is so wonderful and you resonate on so many things. So thank you so much for being here today, Megan. Chelsea, my girl, I can't wait to get into it. You, this audience, when we first connected and I found out your, your podcast was overwhelmed to under control, I was like, preach to take me to church, girl, preach to me. It's something I've struggled with as a long time as it is addicted to achieving as the validation, as my worth, and I never knew any different. So I, I I love the fact that you have built a community around these things that we struggle with that we've never been taught to talk about and share our stories. So I applaud you. I love this community. And I'm so excited to be here. Yes, wonderful. Well, I think that that segues really nicely into learning a little bit more about you and your story and what inspired you to start your business. Yeah. Oof. You know, I... I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday. I think you have to go through the really hard shit in order to get to the really good stuff. Like life has to crack you open. And I don't think there's a way around that. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had lived my life. Let me try to cliff note this best I can. I try. I had lived my life for 15 years, Chelsea, under this umbrella of I'll be happy when. I'll be happy when I get the next promotion. I'll be happy when I get the next pay raise. I'll be happy when I close that deal, when I get that a- accolade. And then I got there and it didn't satiate the appetite. You ever have that feeling where you're like, oh, that's not it. Mm-hmm. So it must be something else. So then you hustle up the next ladder. For me, it was the job, but it could be the weight. It could be the money. It could be the relationship. You name it. Whatever that air quote happiness looks like for you. And it's this hustle that never ends because it's you versus you. So in this 15-year corporate career in hospitality sales, which I was really 
damn good at. And it was the first thing in my life that ever made me feel worthy, that ever made me feel good. You know, it's funny how you never stop. It's so interesting. You never stop and really pause and look at your childhood story. I find that you run from it at all costs. I did. Mm -hmm. I did. In my late 30s, never stopped to realize how uh, having an abandoned father, being raised by this superhuman single mother, shout out to anyone who is a mama, single or not, you're superhuman. I had a speech impediment. I was this chubby kid from central PA, never felt worthy or good enough. I was a C student. So the first thing that ever made me feel like I had something to contribute was my job. And it became like a drug. And I used it to numb myself at all costs. Uncomfortable feelings, don't know how to talk about them, look for a safe harbor. It's my job. And it became an addiction for 15 years, sacrificing myself at all costs, squeezing the joy out of life, always on, always feeling like I could never be away from this screen. And here's the really messed up thing. It's you. Like it, It's the stories I was telling myself. So I finally get this promotion, Chelsea, flash forward. 15 years I've been hustling. I finally get this promotion to the corner office next to the president, CEO, running sales for this billion dollar hospitality organization. And then universe, God, divine, whatever word you want to use has a sick sense of humor because I had a meltdown, a, a meltdown, a, a breakdown mm-hmm. alongside the busiest highway in Philadelphia. And talk about the irony in that my whole life was spent being busy so I wouldn't have to feel. And then I break down on the busiest highway. And I realized how my life get here. I'm popping Lexapro. I'm binge drinking, loveless relationship, overspending, cut off from friends and family. But I got the job title and everything looks good on social media. And what I realized, Chelsea, in that in that moment and a lot of moments afterwards is that my whole life was chameleon people-pleasing mode. And I think we hear these things, these buzzwords, but we never stop and pause to think how it's showing up in our own lives. And I was so entrenched in it. I was such a master at it that I didn't even realize it. And I had no opinion. I didn't even know what I wanted. I was so focused on getting you to like me that I had to take those next seven years to get to know myself and my own opinions and what I wanted. And that's 80% of the battle. What do you want? You've never been taught to ask yourself that. And it sounds easy now, but girl, it is long, it is hard, it is tough. And that eventually is a long-winded answer. As, as I was asking myself these questions, because I believe that your life is a product of the questions you ask yourself, as I was teaching myself these things that I was never taught as a girl, you know, I think our parents are doing the best that they can, but these things that I was never taught and I started to put them out there with the podcast. And then it began to grow into organizations asking me to come and speak to their employers or their external customers on, we care about you as a human and we want you to give you these micro steps. And so that has turned into this movement of the intentional living method that I am workshopping into organizations, associations, the, the, the podcast for the individual listener, that 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 is basically how we got here in a nutshell. I love it. I love it. And I, I think that there's there's so many important things that you mentioned there, right? And I think so many people can relate to a similar story of just 
achieving that next thing or looking for their value and their worth in that next achievement. I always joke that I have somehow like weaponized self-care. Like why go for a run when I could train for a half marathon? Like I've never just... (laughs) Yeah, because you're not going to half-ass it. I might as well. Right. But then then it becomes a point of stress instead of something that you enjoy. And so it's similar, you know, when you start when you find your worth in accomplishment, that can be really, as you see, detrimental to, to a happy life, to, to finding that balance and just being happy. Uh, so thank you for sharing your, your story. I think it's incredible to hear how you've been able to learn from that and now are able to share that with others. And Chelsea, as you're talking, it just made me flash to this. And I listen, I still struggle with this. I, mm-hmm. I think we are so quick. And I don't think this is talked about enough, man. Life is peaks and valleys. Some yes. days you're going to be feeling great. And the next day you're going to be feeling like shit. Mm-hmm. And that, especially for entrepreneurs, that's why your mindset and staying connected to your why the most important thing, because it's a roller coaster, baby. And nobody talks about that enough. I still struggle with that. And I've been in this journey seven years. Um, But Chelsea, as you were talking about, hey, why go for the walk when I can just train for the half marathon? I had a conversation yesterday with a dear girlfriend of mine. Here's to the power of our tribes. Like I think Mm -hmm. female female friendships are like nothing else. And right. They really are. I heard Jane Fonda say this once. And I was like, yeah, Jane. She said, we have a way where we can just look at each other and say, I need you help me without vocalizing the words. And we rally cry for each other. And I think it's so important, especially as an entrepreneur, when you're busy doing all the things to make the time to keep those relationships in place, even if it's just the phone call on the way to the grocery store. So I had a conversation with a dear friend of mine. 13 minutes was the conversation. She was on the way into the doctor's appointment. I was on the way to to an appointment. And as soon as she picked up the phone, I was like, Esther, I might have a problem with being busy. Like I might, I might be addicted to it. And she's like, I see that because I've been trying to get a hold of you. Me too. And we just start going into this ramble about this addiction to being busy and how it gives you this high, like a drug that it gives you this validation that you're worthy and you're good and all these things. And she said to me the most mic drop moment at the end of that conversation. She said to me, I want you to just think about this. And I'm asking myself this too, and I don't need an answer now, but what are you so afraid of if you don't do all the things that that you're not going to get the like on social media, that you're not going to get the customer, that the person's not going to like you, then what? Like, what are you so afraid of? Oof. Oh Oof. Yeah, I'm still chewing on that one. And that was a couple of days ago. I was like, oh, girl, you hit me good on that one. Yeah. You hit me good. Yeah, that's such an important question. And it goes to, again, I think some of the stories that we've told ourselves, some of the things that we grew up with, right? Like I, I've said this before, I, I never saw my parents like sit down and relax mm-hmm. as a kid. Ne- like, and, and I mean, they're actually pretty terrible at it today too, still. I'm just more aware of it now, but like we weren't allowed to play until everything was done. And even then it was like, you know, while we were playing, they were doing something else, right? Like they were so... Yeah, it's definitely becomes this this addiction to to keep going to not disappointing 
people because we, we built up other people to rely on us, even though they don't need to be uh, relying on us. And it makes us feel important. Yeah. I, I, try, I think we talked about this in the pre-call, like I try really hard not to say I'm busy. I'll come up with really creative ways around it, but I won't, <laughs> I won't say I'm busy <laughs> because it's so self-reinforcing. It and it is. Yeah. And we have this like awful hustle culture that's built up over the last few years. Yeah. It's so. kind of like we were in this busy off. Like, look how important I am. You know, mm-hmm. you talk to someone and the first words out of their mouth are, hey, Chelsea, how are you? Busy. Oh, I'm busy. Busy. I haven't had time to eat today. I haven't had time to go to the restroom. I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. It's sort of like, look at me. Look how busy I am. This exhaustion as a status symbol. And Chelsea, as you were talking about your parents with the constantly moving, it made me flash to this whole thing in my head about how hand raised. I have a very difficult time relaxing. Like there was a point in my life when I would realize that I was watching TV, but yet also scrolling social feeds and have a drink in the other hand. And then I heard Brene Brown say this and I was like, oh, this is good. Are you enjoying or are you numbing? And there's a difference. So yes, you can watch the TV show if you want to for enjoyment. But when you're sitting there and you're also scrolling the social feeds, and you also have a drink in the other hand, that's numbing. If you want to shop for a new outfit because you have something, yes, okay, that's enjoying. But if you're on an Amazon scroll, man, where you're just throwing shit in the cart, that's numbing. And I think back to the power of the questions that we ask ourselves, I think it's so important to pause and think, wait, Am I enjoying or am I numbing? Well, I think it's a beautiful segue into the work in intentionality that you do in living intentionally. And those questions, you know, I know that this is a really important part of what you teach and what you talk about. So can you walk us through some of the, the questions that you ask yourself and how yeah. this has impacted you? Yeah, I love these four questions. So for anyone listening that might not have a piece of pen and paper um, and can write them down, please download them. Uh, Just go to megan-miller.com. You'll see a tab that says Micro Step Journal. That's exactly the spot to download these four questions. Uh, Chelsea, I started asking myself these questions four years, or not four years, seven years ago, and I've been asking them every day of myself. And if you are like 96% of us who get up, crack open an eyelid, and go right to the phone, you do that for three minutes of scrolling the emails, of checking the social feeds, of watching the news, you have a 70% higher chance of having a bad day. Three minutes is all that it takes. So I challenge you, instead of getting up, going right to the phone, I challenge you to put the phone in the bathroom. This $20 that I ever spent was an Amazon phone charger. It has like a little glass shelf for the phone so it doesn't get wet. Put it in the bathroom, forces me to get up, When the alarm rings, which is a huge game changer, why not start your day keeping the first promise to yourself instead of running late through the entire day like a tornado and then never being able to keep up? But it also then forces me to put the phone down so I'm not sending the emails late at night. I'm not buying the crap I don't need. And I'm not on social feeling like crap about myself right before I go to bed. So there's that. And and that falls under the umbrella of intentionality, Chelsea. Some, Some point in our life, we get in the passenger seat 
and circumstance takes the wheel. And we're like, ah, it just is what it is. And we're just robotic sleepwalking through life. So when we talk about intentionality, this is re- the, what I just described falls, falls under it. I think sometimes we use these big buzzwords and we have no idea what that means. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so to your question on these four questions, right? So you get up and instead of scrolling to the phone, I want you to just ask yourself these four questions. You can do it in the car after you drop your kids off at school. You can do it at your desk before you pop open the laptop, or you can do it like I do uh, when I have my morning coffee before I even start my day. I think there's something so powerful about pen to paper. You forget 80% of what you think and hear in a day if you don't write it down. If you don't like pen to paper, if you are like some of my young, cool, hit friends that love Excel sheets or something digital, do it. Whatever works for you. I think there's so much power in just realizing what works for you. But here here are the four questions. One, how am I feeling today and why? Don't bullshit yourself. There would be so many times, and I still catch myself doing this, Chelsea, where I would think, I can't say that. It's me. It's you to you. So be honest with yourself. How am I feeling today and why? Question number two, what is one small act of service that I can do? It can be a love note to your partner. Sometimes for me, it's just a love note for my husband by the coffee machine. It can be a text to a dear friend saying, hey, I'm just thinking of you. It could be a note to that person on Instagram that that posted the thing that you were like, that was really awesome. And it spoke to me. Thank you. One small thing, one small act of kindness. Then the third thing is what is one thing that I can do today that'll make me happy? That'll inch me towards my goals. If you've always wanted to write the book for your business, but you keep telling yourself you don't have time, it's taking 10 minutes, 10 minutes and just free writing. I started doing masterclass. And I started with Sarah Blakely's masterclass, 10 minutes. And it has been a game changer in how I've started to show up. 10 minutes. What is one thing that'll make me happy, inch me towards my goals? And then the final question, the fourth question is what are three things I'm grateful for? Three things. Make them as specific as possible. So instead of my health, I am so grateful that I am healthy enough that I can go all day long and still have energy at night to sit around the dining room table with my family. And yes, we have heard these things before, but I am here to tell you, my friends, just like everything else, if it keeps repeating itself, you know, this isn't innovative things here. We've heard this back from the days of Napoleon Hill and Benjamin Franklin. It's been around for a reason because it works. And if you're sitting there thinking, ah, this is hokey, this is stupid, hand raised, I was one of those people. And I challenge you, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Yeah, these are these are fantastic. So just to repeat it for the audience again, how am I feeling today and why? What is one small act of service I can do today? What is one thing I can do today that will make me happy? And what are three specific things I am grateful for? Mic drop. And then my other challenge is, regardless of how busy your day gets, 
because there will be people chewing on your doorstep, in your calendar, in your email, in the pings and the dings for your attention. You do not cancel the things for you. So you keep that act of service, however small it is, and you keep the promise of the one small thing to you, regardless of how busy it is. So let's just say in the morning, Chelsea, you thought to yourself, back to the back to the exercise. You thought, you know what? I am going to today, if you're a high achiever, overachiever like Chelsea and myself, today I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside, I'm gonna run for an hour. I'm gonna run for for one hour. And then your day becomes a complete dumpster fire because that is life. And instead of an hour now, you have 30 minutes, 15 minutes. Instead of saying, screw it, I don't have time for this. I'm too busy. You do it anyway. So it's not about the time commitment. It's about the action. Yes, I I completely agree. One, this has actually been backed up by a study. I found um, this exact thing where if you, they did a study in Google about working out and people who could, like, said they were going to work out for this amount of time at this specific time and they got money if they did it. And the other group just said, I'm just going to work out for this amount of time or I'm just going to go to the gym. And if they went to the gym at any time, they got money. At the end of the study, the people who just said, I'm just going to go, kept with the habit. They kept doing it because they didn't, it wasn't that all or nothing mindset. And so this is absolutely something I completely agree with. I also teach it. Like my morning routine has been done at night the last two days. Because I didn't, I just wasn't in the mood to do it in the morning. But I was like, you know, it's not important to me that it's done in the morning. It's important to me that it's done. And so, (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Mic drop to you for sharing this. That because I feel, especially as a type A -er and someone who lives by structure and my calendar, and hell, I even like write out my whole day by chunks of time, even 15 minute intervals. And I, I think we do ourselves such a disservice because we believe it has to look the same way every day. And then when it doesn't, we think I screwed up, I failed, I suck, da 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 da. And here's the thing every day can look different. And I, I love how you said, I the past two days, I haven't been able to do my typical routine in the morning. I've been having to do it at night, but I got it done. And and that's the value. Just do it, even though you're not going to feel like it. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's also important to like, absolutely. Our days are not supposed to look the same. We're not supposed, especially as women. My gosh, we have a whole month of cycle to work with. So it's, it's in the whole other a whole other layer of things that we need to think about and be thoughtful about and, and intentional with, right? It's, it's more important that we use the time intentionally and not that it's so structured and rigid so that when one thing goes off, tr- off track or a little bit or we're not feeling our best, then all of a sudden it's like, why bother doing anything, you know? And it yeah. becomes that, that towel or the towel kind of moment. Yeah. And Chelsea, to your point, I love how you brought up that Google study. That's so interesting. And I believe it. One of the things that I found when I had started to ask myself these four questions and make and keep the promises to myself, this really cool thing started to happen up here in my brain. We all have what I like to call the gremlin that lives in there that tells you that you suck, you fail, 
well, who do you think you are? Don't say that. Who are you to do these things? Don't say that to your partner. They don't understand all of it. And I found that that voice and that narrative began to change when I made and kept the promise to myself. And then the more I looked into it because I was so fascinated by it, I found that there is science to back it up. This is not all hokeyness. This is where the woo meets the work. And there's this thing, it's called the reticular activation system, RAS. And you guys have to Google it, write it down. RAS is the most interesting thing. Basically, in the most simplistic terms, you have a bouncer that lives up here in your brain and you tell it what to let in. So when you get up and you go to your emails and you see the crap that wasn't done or your employees didn't do this or da-da-da-da-da, and you're agitated and you're on edge, you will find things to match that. Versus if you get them and you ask yourself these four questions and you come from a place of what you should be grateful for, you know, change your expectation to appreciation and everything begins to change. And these small little acts of service and making, keeping a promise to you, you find more good. It's so interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love that. How did these questions come together for you? Was this something, did you workshop through these? Was this something that was inspired by something that you read or listened to? Yeah. And thank you for this question, Chelsea. I just had someone ask me this the other day. And I think that we are so quick to want someone else to give us the playbook. Tell me how to do it and I'll do it. And I, I say that to say, this, these questions, man, this has been a seven year journey. And there's so much power and curiosity. So these four questions came together over time of things that I listened to. I'm a huge believer that you are a product of the thoughts that you have and, and, and you create that reality with what you listen to. So I started to become very intentional about the content that I was listening to. So I would start my day off with some sort of positive podcast that would share these tips and tricks. And then I started to use some things and I kept what worked and I removed what didn't. So I would tell your beautiful listeners listening right now that you don't have to take everything that Chelsea and I have said and put it immediately into action. And then if it doesn't work for you, think, ah, this is, I'm screwed up. This will never work. Take, take, try it. Take what works and leave behind what doesn't. And just get curious and you'll find your own rhythm if you keep showing up consistently. That's the other thing that I don't think we give enough airtime. Listen, man, this shit takes time. I've been doing this for seven years and I'm still a work in progress. You don't just wake up one day and get the Amazon package to feel fulfilled, happy, connected, all the things. God, I wish we did. I think the world makes us think that, especially in, in the Amazon nature of our life, that you can order it off the shelf and that it's going to be on your doorstep in 48 hours in the beautiful package that, that you think it's going to be in. And we have tendency to when it doesn't show up in the package in 48 hours, then we think, screw it. It wasn't meant for me. And I believe, I tell myself this all the time, there is just so much power in the consistency. So just keep showing up 
every single day, ask yourself those four questions, make and keep a promise to yourself and just see where it goes in the journey one day at a time, one day at a time. Oh, I love everything you said. I was taking notes because I wanted to jump back on, on so many of the points that you mentioned that the first one being including a great surrounding yourself with the the lessons that you want to learn, the people that inspire you, right? And it's and that just being in a space of other, you know, inspired creative people mm-hmm. who want to who want to do the work and take care of themselves, that that where the woo meets the work, right? Like people who, who you gotta do both. Right. Like you can't just sit here and think about this stuff all the time. You got to do the work. So being in that community is so great, whether that's through podcasts or books or joining your community or just wherever you find that, that piece at home for yourself. So I absolutely love that. Um, and then I agree with the, the personalizing a bit too, right? The parts that don't feel good for you. That's okay. Like don't, don't try to force it because I think that's probably where you see a lot of people making that mistake too, right? They say, they try to do it exactly like someone else is going to do it. And then they don't, it doesn't feel good that I can't be consistent with it. They don't find that's the same success. And so then it's becomes frustrating. And then it's like, why, again, why, why bother? Or that, that gremlin starts talking to them again too. Yes. And Chelsea, I, as you're telling that, it makes me flash to this. So I have always struggled with meditation. Everybody talks about how great it is and I get it. But if your mind works like mine, there's 75 tabs open in this brain at any given time. And it's like, ping, pong, ping, pong, ping. I can't shut it off. And so I was getting frustrated at first. Like, screw this. I can't do this. Not meant for me. I tried. I tried the guided meditations. I tried the whole shebang. And here's what I realized. You don't need to sit on a mat and have a a whole Buddha humasa moment to meditate for me, and this has just happened within the past couple of weeks because I continued to get curious on it, is meditation for me looks like laying in my bed at night and not having a book, not putting my book in hand, not having a phone in hand, just me. I can be laying next to my husband, but just me, eyes closed, counting to 60 for a few seconds and just seeing what comes up. That's meditation. Yeah. And I always tell the story to like, I beat myself up for years because I, wasn't successful at waking up and immediately working out mm-hmm. like beat myself over years about oh but I kept feeling it I would do it for a few days and then fall off the wagon and I was like I don't like it yeah. <laughs> I don't like this like why am I trying to force it <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. but it's, it's like this this is epiphany that sometimes you just have to have as you're looking through again that it goes back to being really intentional what just being aware of your day. How, how are you spending your time? What feels good? Is that when it feels good? Would it feel better if you did this a little bit later in the day or earlier in the day? Like, I think people, we have a lot more freedom than most people think you do. In your and I love how you said awareness. I don't think awareness gets enough street cred because we think that we need to be perfect immediately. And we hold we hold ourselves to a standard that we would never hold any other human being because newsflash, you are human. But I, I think that when you are aware, that is such a gift, man. Because when you become aware of something, then you have the power to change it. Absolutely. And that, that was actually one of the notes I wrote down too, is when you mentioned that these things take time. So be- it's that impatience, right? And a lot of people are just very impatient for results. So do you have any strategies or things that you work through with your students or with your clients to have them look back and reflect so that they can see that growth and the changes that they're making with this work? 
Yeah. Uh, well, a couple of things. So one, what I do personally is I have, because I'm old school, I like I like a journal. Mm-hmm. I like a piece of pen and paper in the morning. And in the front of the journal, I write down any anytime anything feels like a win. Because we do so much in two days, two weeks, two months, two years that we never even stop and pause. Because if you're like me, I'm a checklist next sort of person. And I think when you can look back on that and think, oh my God, look at all I've already done. There is so much power in the recognition for these things that feel like a win. And it doesn't need to be anything revenue related. It doesn't need to be achievement related. It can be just be whether this person showed up in your life and you're like, God, I got a nugget from that. Or you did the thing and you said, or you showed up and you were fearful and you did it anyway. If it feels like a win, there is so much power to listening to that little gymnast in your belly. When it feels like a win, write it down. And I think there's so much power in seeing it. And I still go back. Some, you know, I have these drawers full of journals and I, and I go back whenever I feel like it, whenever I have that little gymnast that pops up that says, hey, maybe you should look at that. Or when I'm feeling down on myself or I feel like I suck and I fail or any of the stories I tell myself and I just open up a page and I see where I was in that moment because I like to say, man, life tattoos, you can go back to those moments and it can feel like you're there in an instant. And I thought, oh my God, I remember that moment. And now I look at to where I am now. So there's so much power in in writing down your wins and what feels right to you. That's one thing. That's what I do. What I do in these workshops that I just love, Chelsea, and it took me until I was in my late 30s and life had to break me open for me to do this exercise. And I thought, why the hell didn't someone teach me this? So think of your life like a six drawer dresser. You have your health and wellness. You have your career. You have your relationships you have your spirituality, you have self-worth, and you have fun, right? And think about, oh, no, I'm sorry, finances. So you have, wait, I jacked that up. I think I have the, I got it right here. Give me one moment. Give me one moment, because I just did this, my little micro steps roadmap. Oh, I just did this with, <laughs> with the client. So let me tell it to you exactly. Okay, so your six drawers, you have health and wellness, you have your work career, relationships, that's personal partner, but that's also family, friends. You have finances, self-worth, and spirituality. Then I want you to think of each of those drawers. I want you to think of them like a gas gauge. Are you full? Are you half? Or are you empty? As humans, we have tendency to go to what we're good at, and that's what we gravitate towards. So when I did this exercise in my late 30s after I had my meltdown, I thought, oh my God, No wonder I am on edge and I am constantly pissed off. Everything's annoying me is because my whole focus, my whole life has become my work and career. That drawer is runneth over and everything else is empty. And that is where you get frustrated and agitated. No job can fill all these drawers of your life. So when I when I did this and I saw that all these other drawers were empty, health and wellness, relationships, finances, self-worth, spirituality, I thought, well, why do I, how do I want each of these drawers to look? So for instance, when I first started this, my health and wellness, I every Friday, I would stop at the local Domino's and get a large uh, cheese pizza because why not? 
then I would also get the cheesy bread because why not? And there was a liquor store and I, right attached to it. And I would also get a large bottle of wine because why not? And I would eat and drink the thing all weekend. And I felt like crap. I felt like crap. And it wasn't about the pant size. It wasn't about the six pack. It wasn't about how I looked in a bikini. It was about how I felt in my body. So my health and wellness drawer was empty. And how I wanted that drawer to look was I just wanted to feel good in my body so I could show up the best way that I could. And I think it is such a powerful exercise to look at these drawers, look where you're full, look where you're half, look where you're depleted, and take the time to see how you want those drawers to look. And then every day, when you ask yourself those four questions, and you ask yourself, what is one thing I can do that can make me happy? What is one thing that inches me towards my goals? I want you to look at that drawer of life and I want you to pick just one place where you're feeling depleted and you pick one small thing in that drawer. So maybe it is your health and wellness. Maybe it is just taking that 10 minute walk outside with the dog to feel the sun on your face. Maybe it is your relationships, whether it's with your partner or whether it's with your friends. You know, I know for Michael and myself, I I realized, Chelsea, that I was becoming so entrenched in this business. It was consuming my every thought and I wasn't even giving my husband an hour of our day to be present for him. And what a disservice I was doing to him and to our marriage. So uh, I put the do not disturb, uh, what a great gift that is, on my iPhone. And for one hour at dinner, I put the phone on do not disturb and it has changed how we show up at dinner. Those are the things that I'm talking about when I say make one small commitment every day in, in, a, in a drawer that feels right. Oh, that's, I love that. That's, I think, a powerful exercise and something that I hope for the listeners will kind of come up throughout the day. You can kind of check in with yourself about these things because so often where I can struggle with this type of work is great. I do my journal exercise in the morning and then I'm like, just living my life for the rest of the day. Like not like I didn't even, like I didn't think about it <laughs> for the rest of the day. And so having these little checkpoints of these reminders where you can go back and reflect, whether maybe that's a little bit of an end of the day routine, maybe it's a weekly, you know, I mean, just put it intentionally in your time and your calendar to look back on these things so that it doesn't become just a journal exercise. It becomes something that you incorporate into your day-to-day life that you live every day. So I think that's such a beautiful exercise. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, one of my favorite things to do in this podcast is to change gears a little bit and talk about personal productivity. So you mentioned a little bit that you are like a checklist schedule Mm. kind of person. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We connected strongly about this. But why don't you walk us through a typical, I know I always put like normal or typical in air quotes because I know that there's nothing ever normal or typical about our schedules, but a normal or typical day or week for you. I will tell you, so there were some non-negotiables and it's so interesting that you bring this up, Chelsea. I was just telling a girlfriend this morning, I really need to get more intentional about creating bumper lanes. Mm-hmm. Because as I have built this business, it was really difficult for me. And I don't think we talked, I, I, either I wasn't shown this, or maybe if people talked about it, I wasn't listening because I'm stubborn. But having a 15 year corporate career 
while yes, I feel like it gave me some knowledge and some skill set and, and some base foundational tools to bring into this business, this is a completely different rodeo, man. And you're not getting a guaranteed paycheck every week like you were from corporate America. It's it's not nine to five. It weighs on your mind and your spirit all the time. And it it, it is, you are, as Brene Brown says, man, you are fighting that arena every mm-hmm. day. And I don't think I was prepared enough to know about the fight, the battle that I was getting into. So I just said to a girlfriend this morning, I need to become so much more intentional on creating bumper lanes so this does not consume me. Because I think when you're so passionate about it, it can consume you because you want to get back to every email. You want to get back to every DM. You want to get back to every request because this is your passion and it can consume you. So I say all that to say, Chelsea, uh, I'm working on on creating these bumper lanes, but I can tell you some things that I do that are critical. I believe as an entrepreneur, your mindset is the biggest thing you need to work on. It can bring you down or it can get you through the arena every day. So every morning, I spend a few minutes. This morning, I had a red eye flight. I did it at the airport lounge. <clears throat> I didn't care. I had my I had my journals out. I had my little crystals out. I had my little prayer beads out because I'm like, listen, this is important. I don't give it. I don't give a shit what people think. Love it. I, I write, I write in my journal how I'm feeling today. And write those four questions, those mm-hmm. four questions, it's a non-negotiable for me. And then what I have added as I have grown in this journey is it's interesting. My spirituality has really grown in a way that feels right for me. And I feel that when you have faith, man, it gives you just this tool to get through the fear. So I do a little prayer in the morning, what feels right for me, my moment with God. And it has, there's always a message that I need that gets me through the day. That's my non-negotiable. If I am home with my husband, if we are both home together, a non-negotiable is that we will eat dinner at the table together and I will put that phone on do not disturb. Those are my non-negotiables. I love it. I love it. And I think that those those bumpers are so important and it's something I'm working on too. Same thing. Like it's, it's hard. And I actually had a post about this this week because it's not always from like that overwhelm is not always from a bad place, right? It's not always this like, it's we're just excited. Like we're just excited about all the ideas. We're excited about all the opportunities that are coming into our inbox. We're excited to start a podcast or start a new program. Like it's, that is also overwhelming and can very easily and quickly become consuming. So yes, some of it is like, man, I had no idea what I was actually getting into in entrepreneurship. There's that bag of like, I'm also IT. I'm also marketing. I am also like, yeah. sometimes there's also that junk, but most of it I feel like is people just really freaking excited and and passionate and love what they do. And so therefore that's really hard to turn off. So I'm happy to hear that you're building in those bumpers and it's something that I'm absolutely actively working on every day. Yes. And Chelsea, if I can add, because I think this is also important and I did not share this. I also have a commitment to move my body mm-hmm. every day somehow, some way, it doesn't need to be the same way. Like there was a time in the beginning of my journey where I thought I had to work out for 45 minutes every day and it wasn't the same, blah, blah, blah. No, it's just however I can move my body. So for instance, I I was on the red eye last night. I didn't have a time to do my typical routine today. But what I did do yesterday at the airport was instead of old Megan lapping out to the airport bar, instead I walk laps around the airport, phone down, some silence. So I 
there is a way to make everything work for you. Everything's figure outable if you just change the lens. And I think there is so much power in moving your body. I'm a huge believer that it gets you out of your head. You feel more energized. You feel more creative. So I challenge you all to to move your body in a way that feels right for you. It doesn't need to be a 45-minute Peloton workout. Moving your body in your living room for 20 minutes with a YouTube video can cut depression, fear, guilt, anxiety, all of it by upwards of 36%. Yeah. I always I always joke my husband like I'm a better human when I'm running or going on like long walks. Like I'm just Yep. Ding ding girl. (laughs) But I love that it's such a great example too of like, yeah, you could just be in that default habit of, oh, I'm at the airport, I'm gonna go to the bar. Or you can stop and think, what can I do in this time that would make me happier, would make me feel better, right? Like that's exactly that's such a great example that people deal with every day. Like I, that's what I try to teach with my clients too. It's like, you can take a break, you can play on your phone. If that's what you want to do, fine. But make sure that that's the intentional choice of what you're doing and mm. not just the default action and habit that you've created. So I love that's such a great example. The And to expand on that, Chelsea, yeah. so I, I just wrote this down this morning. So in my little AM gratitude, again, practice everything I preach. And I wrote down that there's all this. Sh- I, be- I This is exactly what I wrote. There's all this shit food at the airport and you intentionally chose better choices. Like I have a thing for I love Swedish fish. I love gummy worms. I love the peach rings. You name it. I can go to town on all of it. And as I was at the airport last night looking at a snack to take with me, I had the cashews in one hand and the Swedish fish were staring at me at the other one. And I chose the cashews because I thought, how are you going to feel on the other end of this? What's your future self going to appreciate? I think that's such a valuable question. So, So to your point, just these small little pause and the questions you ask yourself, how powerful they are in the decisions that you make. Awesome. That's so good. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I, there's there's a few just absolute gems to take away in this episode. And I hope people hope people know that one as well. All right, I have a couple of rapid fire questions for us and then I'll have you share where people can learn more about you. Are you a morning person or a night person? Oh, girl, uh, my college self would never believe that I would say this. But at 39, I am a morning person. I go to bed at 830, 8.30 is when I start getting ready for bed. I love me getting to bed early and getting up early. Love it. Awesome. That's great. Pen and paper are all digital. Oh, pens and paper. Now I will say this. I do love digital for some things. I think there's a beauty in it. But when it comes to my creativity, when it comes to my ideas, when it comes to clearing my thoughts out, I love me some pen and paper. Yeah, I'm the same. My calendar is digital, but everything else is pen and paper. And what is your favorite way to relax? Oh, you know, I've been asking myself that question a lot lately because <laughs> I find that I have not been doing it. I have not been doing it. But I will tell you one thing I think of is like, what makes me happy? And what makes me happy is being with my husband, being outside at our home, feeling the sun on my face, having a conversation with him. I love being curled up in the little nook with him. I call it the nook, his little chest. When uh, we're watching TV and um, we could even be just the, the fireplace on or it could be a walk out in nature. 
there is so much power in having good love. And I don't think it needs to be a partner. If you're single, it can be your friends. Hell, it can even be the love you give yourself. Mm-hmm. But there is so much value in good love. It gives you strength and it gives you faith and it gives you courage. Mm, that's beautiful, Megan. I love that. Love it. Where can people find more about you, learn more about you, work with you, and just hear all your your beautiful wisdom? Yeah. If this content resonated with you all, if it gave you any nuggets, if it gave you any of the gymnast in your belly, please join our tribe. You can come check us out at Megan, M-E-G-A-N hyphen Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R dot com. Uh, You can join our Instagram, LinkedIn. We also have a Micro Step Monday newsletter on there where we hit your inbox every Monday. I can think of a better time to get in somebody's inbox than a case of the Mondays with one small intentional thought of the week and how you can show up. And as Chelsea was beautifully saying, these decisions that you make that either empower or disempower you. Um, Depending on when this episode comes out, Hopefully the TEDx talk will be live. I did a TEDx talk called Detoxing Off the Drug of Achievement. I would love for you to watch and share that um, and help spread this message. But but come over to the website. Check it out. The podcast is linked there. The four questions, the social feeds, all the things, the book, everything. Just come check it out and see what feels right. Perfect. And this will be in the show notes. And now I have a blog for my podcast. So everything will be linked there as well. But thank you so much. This was an incredible conversation. And I hope the audience enjoyed it as much as I did. So thank you so much. Oh, Chelsea. And thank you, my girl. Listen, it takes a lot of love and dedication to deliver this content continuously. I don't think anyone really realizes all the all the work that goes into it. So thank you. I know it's a labor of love to deliver these messages to this beautiful community. And you do so from such a heart-centered place. And that is such a gift. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this vision and for seeing the value in this message and for me and, and for linking arms today. I just have enjoyed getting to know you so much. Same. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.